0: Hey, Newsicast listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the Newsicast with friends, or follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram. Now, let's get this show on the road.
1: I knew I wanted to do something with my voice and something with sports. I would take the local newspaper. I'd open it up to the sports section and start reading the articles like I was on the radio. And if I would have to use the restroom or something, I'd take And we'll be back right after this. Use the restroom, i come back and open it back up. And we're back. Welcome to the Newsacast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation.
2: Hello, NoosaCast listeners, and welcome to another episode of this podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us again and continue to join us through what is now our 23rd episode Uh, we continue to tell the stories of all the people uh, that we meet and that we get the chance to interview, and um, I, we have another great interview this week, Joe.
0: We do, Tash. We're doing the thing, Tash. We're actually doing the thing. We're 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 podcasters, Tash. Twenty three times over.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's hard to believe, you know. And this week we get to listen to another personality, uh, radio personality, in fact. Joey D, right?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Joey D, you know, if you don't know the name, you'll know the name. You flip on WHBY, you'll you'll hear him there. He's on the score WSCO quite often. Uh, He has been. I was shocked to, I knew this, but I but I had forgotten. We, we talked a lot about when he came to town back when the score first started 20 years ago, even before guys like Shane Sparks. And if some of you remember Jim Caston, uh Joey D was was one of those original guys. So he, he's been in the area for a long time. And if you still don't recognize the name, anytime you go out to Fox City Stadium and you hear a batter announced, that's Joey D. He's also their PA announcer. So super excited to have him. And Tosh, you know, you, you, you talk about, we're doing the podcast thing. And, and when you and I set out to, to do this, we, we, we wanted to tell these stories and we're, we're telling the stories. Um, you know, we, we had a great story with, with Sean Becker, uh, and, and the Aaron's Nordic center last week, which, which, which was fantastic. We had Nick Psalm the week before, and I had a chance to, to sit down and, and it was just shooting the, the breeze with Nick a little bit. And he said that his dad listened to the podcast and, and, for those of you on the on the north side of Appleton or involved in Appleton North, you certainly know who Papa Salm is. And I got a kick out of the story. Nick, Nick told me the story that in that interview, Nick talked about how he was, when he first started playing football, the the, the position the coach put him at was, was guard. And, and you know, Nick saw himself as a running back. He wasn't a guard. And he went and he told his dad that story in the barn as they were milking cows that night. And the the awesome thing about the Noosa cast was they both remembered that story. Papa Psalm that's remembered awesome. it. Nick remembered it. They remembered where they were in the barn and, and they connected over that story that was told on the NUSA cast. And, and that made me really happy and really pleased. And it's kind of exactly what we're looking for with the NUSA cast. So that, that made me super excited. I was, I was happy to hear that.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, when you think you have a, have a, a moment that happens 30, 30-some years ago, if not more, and you still sit down. I said, yeah, I completely remember that conversation. And yes. it's exactly what I told you to do. <laughs> yes. yes. As a father, yeah, that's an awesome memory. Yeah. <laughs> but as a kid, it's like, home, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I, my parents were right. My parents do have some some knowledge about things. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: You mean your parents know what they're talking
2: about sometimes? Come yeah. on. It's amazing. It really it's is. amazing. You know, and I want to get back to to thinking about that as well as it's just that, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we lose that fact too. that uh, you know, this is why you, you talk to your grandparents. This is why you spend time with them and listen to their stories is because a lot of the time it's really cool stuff that you're talking about. And when you have those memories years later, it's like, Oh yeah, that was pretty awesome.
0: A hundred percent. I think a lot of it is, is age. It takes I think you have to get older to, to appreciate it. I see it in my yeah. own kids. I think about this all the time for the most part, they don't want a whole lot, you know, to, they don't want to hang out with dad, so to speak. Some, <laughs> sometimes you'll, you'll catch them on a good moment, but then I look at myself back when I was their age and I didn't really want a whole lot to do with my dad either at that age. But then I don't know, a couple of years later, sometimes maybe when you kind of start getting into adulthood, you start maybe reconnecting with your parents a little bit more on and on a different level. And that's pretty cool as well. But yeah, you're right. When they're, when they're teenagers and, and that age, they they want nothing to do with their parents unless they need money.
2: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Money or equipment. Yes, for yeah. For sure. Money
0: or equipment. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of equipment, Tosh, uh, you had a hefty little bill I hear.
2: Uh, yeah. You know what? I mean, hockey is a, is a physical sport. And as you grow, sometimes you need new skates and you need new shin guards and you need new sticks and uh, those types of things happened over the last like three weeks for me. So,
0: <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, it's right. a it's a little bit of hit in the pocketbook. But you know what? It's better to be safe than uh, than using bad equipment. So
0: no, absolutely. And us dads, we're only good for writing checks and filling gas tanks.
2: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Hey, I do want to go back and uh, talk a little bit about last week's amazing. I thought it was an amazing episode with Sean Becker. And we yes. really haven't had to do this in the podcast. Um, to correct some things that may have been said. Um, but I did get an <laughs> email me, from Tosh, Sean. Not by me, not by me. No, no, no. Uh, I did get an email from Sean, and um, we did refer to the Aaron's Nordic Center as an Olympic training center. And technically, it's a national training center. Um, the Olympic people, uh, they, they have their own way of doing things. Uh, so it's a national training center. Um, so we, I wanted to clarify that. And Sean also said that he did misquote. Uh, he used the name Stan Feldheim, um when actually he was talking about Thorborn Carlson in part of the interview. And I wanted to get that out there for him because he said he might catch some flack from the Nordic people as well. And uh, we don't want that to happen. But, you know, sometimes when you're having an interview and you're just talking and, um, you know, it happens it happens that we make some mistakes and we just wanted to clarify those things for sean and uh yeah don't don't give sean too much flack
0: <laughs> no absolutely and uh you know some say i'm a professional mistake maker so i definitely know the feeling it's uh it's it's all good i wanted to relay actually speaking of that episode tasha i was happens to be in uh, uh, i was in a class the the other day and kind of minding my own business but I heard somebody talking about cross country skiing. And then all of a sudden they brought up this place called the Aaron's Nordic center. And I quickly whipped my head around and I said, well, I know where that place is. I just talked to Sean who makes the snow there. So I think we picked up another new ass listener. We definitely picked up another uh, Aaron's Nordic center patron. So I thought it was a pretty good morning and that, that was kind of cool. So people are definitely starting to take notice of that. Just absolutely incredible facility. And If you don't know what we're talking about, go check out last week's episode because it's it's amazing. It really, really is.
2: Yeah, and they had their opening weekend this weekend. What a great opening weekend! I mean, they had lots of snow made, so they opened up on Saturday. More snow overnight. Now I don't know how this wet, sticky snow is for the trails. Uh, We I guess we'd have to ask Sean. Uh, And if you see Sean out there, uh, ask him. But uh, yeah, you know they have some some snow now. They have. uh, they're opening, and hopefully they can continue. Uh, I know it's going to be a little warm towards the end of the week, but we'll have to see if they continue to stay open and continue to have good snow.
0: Make keep making those whales, right, Tash?
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Other than that, we got the start of winter sports happening, Joe, and uh, lots yes. of good matchups. Um, we'll be getting into that throughout the year, uh, throughout the winter season: um, hockey, basketball, wrestling. Uh, you name it. Uh, there, there's lots of things going on right now that uh, make make the winter go by. for Yeah,
0: sure. absolutely. We're, we're transitioning now into, you know, full basketball. Both girls and boys are playing. I mean, you, your boys, you know, hockey's in, in full swing. So wrestling starting up here. So we've got all the all the winter sports are going. Um, yeah, we'll we'll continue to talk about it. We're going to try to. Get some basketball on here a little bit get some hockey guys bring in some bowling you know bring in all the sports and start talking about about a lot of that see if we can get a couple of athletes on here maybe as well and just keep pumping up youth sports right tash high school sports absolutely pumping up the area so
2: all good and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode and continue to enjoy the episodes by tuning into wherever you get your podcasts and go back and look at some old ones if this is your first time tuning in you can find us on youtube just hit subscribe yes and enjoy the journey
0: enjoy the journey
2: all right newscast listeners it's time for that look in history that look in history where we take a look at the nation, northeast Wisconsin, could be the world, sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's local history itself. Um, So the old look at new. So what are you looking at today, Joe?
0: Well, Tash, on the night that uh, you and I were recording this, we had a little bit of snow here in Appleton, a couple of inches, and reminded us that winter's on its way. But if we go back to 1985, December 1st, 1985, in fact, we had a heck of a lot more snow than we had today. We had... We had about a foot and a half, and the Green Bay Packers were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on that fine Sunday afternoon on December 1st, 1985, and boy, there weren't many people in Lambeau, Tash. There was under 20,000. There was 19,856 wow. to be exact, and I remember, I was 15 years old, and I remember my dad trying to call every bar or restaurant in the area to see if a bus would get us up to Lambeau Field, and, and you could not travel that day. but. I tell you what was traveling were the Packers running backs. Eddie Lee Ivory, Gary Ellis, each ran for 100 yards, plus Lynn Dickey, 22 of 36, almost 300 yards in the snow. I mean, are you kidding me in a driving snowstorm? But, yeah, there was a Lambeau Lambeau Field Snow Bowl, December 1st, 1985, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1985, Tosh. Yeah, the true frozen tundra. That was the frozen and (laughs) snow-covered tundra of Lambeau Field.
2: How about you, Tash? What wow. uh what's new in, in your neck of the woods? So I'm going national this week, and I'm gonna go back to December seventh, nineteen thirty-seven, and a nineteen year old uh baseball player, um fresh out, you know, nineteen years old, young guy. Uh his contract was bought by the Boston Red Sox, and that's one and only Ted Williams. Yes. Yes, One of the greatest hitters to ever play the game. Boy. Sweet Swing played his entire career with the Red Sox. Man, he he could hit. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, ends. he
0: really could. I mean, he was a little bit before our time, but we've seen a heck of a lot of video of him, and, and his stroke was so, so smooth, so level. I yeah. can't even, I don't think that guy ever even swung a degree up. It was just perfectly right. straight every single time. and. Yeah, he, he was he was one of the all time greatest. I mean, I remember when they retired his number and, and it brought him back to, to Fenway Park and the, and the absolutely the right around the, the warning track. It was what the heck. It brought tears to my eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was he was something else. I mean, being a baseball guy looking back at yeah, just, you know, one of the greats. Absolutely. One of the
0: all time greats, Tash, and, and maybe he'll make a comeback. I think isn't he frozen somewhere in California? <laughs>
2: yeah there was something with that right (laughs) yeah he'll he'll be in the uh in the draft soon that's right that's right (laughs) well that's a good one tosh i love the old look at new
0: all right news of cast listeners we have a special treat we get to sit down and talk with a radio personality the public address announcer of the timber rattlers just an all-around voice guy joey d I don't know if I've ever learned really where were you from? Where did you grow up? Uh, originally from southwestern
1: Indiana, uh, a little town called Huntingburg, Indiana. The only Huntingburg in the world, and <laughs> uh, but it, it's real famous for a couple of movies being filmed there, uh, including when people ask me, oh, "What's your favorite movie?" Um, it's called A League of Their Own. You ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I yep. loved it. Madonna. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you pa- if you Pause it at the right time. I take up the whole right side of the screen. It's pretty. Really,
2: cool.
1: I was an extra. Yeah. scene? After one of the games, about halfway through the movie, uh, the two guys, the two owners, are talking about shutting the the league down, and um, and Penny Marshall just said it, it, they picked just uh, a random amount of people out of this big crowd outside the stadium and just said, "You, you, you," pointed at several people and one of them was me and uh, came in and said, okay, just act like you're leaving a game and then go down the stairway and wait for me to say cut and then come back and we'll do it again. The one thing was don't look towards the field. And so just, you know, walk right by him. That's all we need you to do. And then stop and let's do it until, until it's satisfactory. So we did it about 20 times. And the one time where I'm walking by just real slowly, and my my they gave you like wardrobe and stuff like that, and the one the one time where I go, and I looked out towards it. That's the one take they took. Oh,
0: nice! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was funny whenever when the movie came out and went and saw it in a theater several times, but the first time, jam packed theater, and I'm sitting up near the front with my dad, who also is in the movie. He's the second base umpire in the opening right. scene. The salt. Soft- <laughs> Yeah, he's the second base umpire. uh But I heard people way in the back, hey, there's Joe! <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. I was like 16, 17 years old, something like
0: that. But that's where I'm from. Was your dad an official in real life? No, uh
1: but he looked like one, a little bit uh heavier set. And uh, he did a bunch of scenes too where he was the home plate umpire. And if they would have okay. taken those, he would have got paid a lot more because it was a it was a, a scene where he actually had a line okay. safe. <laughs> that was yeah. his line. And if you talked, you got paid a lot more, but they cut that part and he did, he doesn't talk in the movie, but uh, now he, he was a big inspiration. Me um, though, know, he's been gone for about 10, 11, 11 years now. Um, but he was a big inspiration at getting me into broadcasting um, because I got my start when I was a junior in high school, he was working at a local country radio station and they needed a Sunday afternoon uh, DJ to do the noon-to-six shift, um, just DJing. And uh, they gave me a, a tryout, and they said, okay, because my dad knew I was interested. And I still have some cassette tapes of the first time I was on the radio. And it's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so some of the things that got away with too, I, I, I record some of my friends doing, like, different characters. And in between songs, I would – I would air them, and we got away with a, with a lot of a lot of funny stuff. At least we thought it was funny, but uh, that's how I got my start. Was in Southern Indiana. Um, graduated with a degree in TV and radio broadcasting at Vincennes University. Uh, it's a neat little uh, school. It's not it's exceptional for broadcasting. It's only a two year school. Took me two and a half to get out, but that's another story. <laughs> Got my degree there. Uh, worked in Evansville, Indiana for a while on both TV and radio. I was a, a videographer uh, for a little while up in Duluth, Minnesota also. Then back to Evansville, Indiana. And then here, uh, whenever I was married and uh, had, uh, I have two kids. They're 24 and 22 now. Um God. And they both graduated Menasha High School, uh, lived in Ashwaubenon first, then Appleton, and then now here in Manasha for about 20 years. And um, started at the Catholic radio station, then moved to uh, the score and worked at uh, done some work for uh, the station in Walpaca, WDUX, uh, did a national Internet radio show for a little while uh, in between because there were some budget cutbacks. Um, it's what they call a boomerang in the business where, you know, they cut you, but they keep you in mind and they'll bring you back. And, uh, and so, um, just doing play by play now and color commentary, but I've done shows there. I filled in on WHBY also doing local talk shows and stuff like that. But uh, my main, main gig uh, for the last several years have been because I have a couple other jobs on the side. Like Buffalo Wild Wings, I do a lot of PA stuff. Of course, I do the the Timber Rattlers and stuff for uh, for Menasha High School, um, and so I got a, a couple other little gigs. I, I'm a full time part timer, is the way that I like to put it. Um, but uh, the school, the being on the radio and being behind a mic, I mean that's what that's what I live for. I think that's what God put me here to do, and I love every second of it. So it's kind of a little background of me,
2: and here I am. Being behind the mic is a passion. Has sports always been that passion? Oh, or goodness. did you have some interest before that?
1: No, no, no. Uh, my story is I knew I wanted to do something with my voice and something with sports. When okay. I first learned to read, um, I would take the local newspaper into the corner just by myself. I'd open it up to the sports section and act like I was on the radio, start reading the articles <laughs> like I was on the radio. And if I would have to use the restroom or something, I'd think. and we'll be back right after this. So I close it up, <laughs> use the restroom, I come back and open it back up. And we're back and start reading again. <laughs> uh, and so I knew from there. And then when I was in Little League, um, we had two games twice a week. And if you showed up early and you didn't play in the first game, or if you played in the second game, uh, they needed people to keep the scorebook and they needed people to do the announcing uh, up in the the little booth there and every time i'd get there as early as i could and and tell the groundskeeper because they'd give you first choice and uh, i would always say do you have an announcer yet and so i announced (laughs) announced little league baseball is where i really got my start and so i was what eight years old probably is when and so yes i've always had a passion for sports i i picked my teams whenever i was little um and i'm all over the map i'm a i'm a chiefs fan in football um uh, spurs and basketball reds and baseball blues in hockey I like nascar any kind of racing um so i've always had a passion for sports um okay. since i was a little kid Thank. joey
0: you you touched on it just briefly but i mean you you definitely have a unique voice I, I think a a one-of-a-kind voice that when did you discover that like how old were you i mean you obviously you're doing pa announcing is a little leaguer, so you, you you probably realize at that time that you have something there. But what when, when did you really discover your voice and understand that you you have a unique gift? Uh, that is when I
1: really, well, I guess when I really realized it was when uh, my mom worked for uh, she was an editor for a uh, Catholic magazine, and they had a little radio station on the campus of uh, Saint Meinrid is the the little town um, and it's got a college and they wanted me to do one of those voice on tape at the time, cassette tapes, voice on tape, reading uh, a children's book in, you know, an eight, nine year old's voice. And uh, so as that was the first time I remember, it's like, okay, maybe I can, I can do something with this. Um, And then just taking tapes in the corner again with my brothers and we would act like we were DJs uh (laughs) and so I had I was WJOE and my brother's name was John Newman he was (laughs) WJON so we'd take turns and just play basketball on our little Nerf hoop while we're listening to to our cassette tapes and run back over and act like we were on and then also I remember calling into one of the local music stations um whom i went on to work for later on because we had two stations in the county and uh the other one had an all request thursday where the dj would take calls and record you uh requesting a song and then play them all back like at the at the same time like two three times an hour and so i I would call in multiple times an hour and request songs just to kind of to to be on the radio requesting a song, even if it was just, you know, requesting, I don't know, the Jackson five or something like that, <laughs> whatever that the, the early 80s, sure. uh,
0: late 70s. Did you have um, like influences, people you were listening to on the radio, maybe play by play guys, uh, maybe just music that was influence you and maybe were you then consciously honing your voice to to match something or find something?
1: Um my dad was a big influence cuz he he was on the radio and he was a local sports writer for uh for the local newspaper uh one uh, once a week newspaper. I really looked up to him and he he took me to a bunch of things. I remember he used to get me press passes uh you know as a 10 12 year old um to like state championships and so I would be uh, courtside for Indiana high school basketball state championships wow. and this was back when it was at the hoosier dome yeah. and they would get it, geez when was the back in the damon bailey era uh, for indiana university basketball but when he was in high school and uh, wow. glenn robinson um uh, alan henderson saw those guys face off against each other in a state championship game courtside with my dad and uh, of course, we'd always record it back at home and you, you could see us on television every time that the, the, the camera pan. But so my dad was a big influence um, professionally wise, I guess, uh, Marty Brenneman doing Cincinnati Red stuff. I, I mean, we would yeah. sit by the radio and have some cheese and crackers and just just listen to Reds baseball growing up. Uh, I'd go to sleep listening to blues hockey hockey is really difficult on the radio. And so I kind of learned how to do play-by-play of a very difficult thing and NASCAR as well, because, I mean, it is just a, a constant. Um, so I'd say growing up, probably Marty Brenneman, um, Bob Costas on television, and he's still going. Um, and then nowadays just listening to other other talk shows that uh, that I kind of, Uh, tab my my interviews I I love doing interviews with coaches and and players and stuff like that when I'm doing a formal interview I do like a Jim Rome I like the his his interview style that he does not a lot of not everybody likes Jim Rome and some of the other stuff but uh, his interviewing is just absolutely phenomenal and so just along the way just listening to others um, and and on television and you know critiquing in my own little way um, I think I'm uh-huh. I'm my worst critic because I'll kind of, I'll listen back to some of mine too. And I'm like, man, <laughs> or, at, or like <laughs> right after a game, be like, man, oh, why didn't I say this or, or this? So I'm, I'm my toughest critic, but uh, listening to yourself does help in, in the broadcast yeah. business. Um, but yeah, just along the way, a bunch of different uh, guys and ladies, um, sideline reporters and stuff like that, just getting different styles and, um, at, at every chance. I mean, cause you can always
0: get better at whatever you do, but especially in the broadcast business. Do you like listening to yourself? Do you, do you listen back to yourself? Do you like listening back to yourself? Does it take a while to get comfortable with that?
1: Not my favorite thing to do. Um, but yeah, like I said, sometimes, sometimes you, you just have to and, and listening to what others have to say cause it hasn't always, always been positive and, and being able to take, the, uh, the criticism, whether it's good or bad. Um, so it's not my favorite thing to do, but, uh, I, it, I love doing commercials and I'll hear, hear myself on, and I'll have people say like, I mean, just the other day, they're like, did you just do a, a commercial for, for a car wash? I said, yeah, I remember doing that one. And, uh, they're like, man, that was, that was, that was really good. I said, did you go to the car wash? <laughs> cause, cause, cause then it works. Right. Yeah. But, uh, So it's kind of cool to, to hear yourself. And even on the promos, as we call them in the business, where they'll play clips of, of highlights of games that I've done, you know, uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty cool. That was actually a pretty good call. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, but you, you, you have to, you, you, because you're going to, you're going to hear yourself and, uh, just kind of try and get better.
2: It's interesting. You talk about, you know, radio and baseball, I grew up listening to radio and baseball. I mean I think it comes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the only way I could walk could listen to the brewers growing up because TV was dominated by the Cubs and Atlanta on mm-hmm. TBS. So, you know, you listen to Harry Carey and Stone, or you listen to Euchre on the radio, and that's you know, yeah. Brewers are a team, so I listen to the Brewers.
1: And just being the eyes of the community. You know, because I mean, they're not there, just like like you were talking about, just bringing you there, not just what's going on. Right. On the field, on the court, on the baseball diamond, whatever that it might be. Um, being there and, and bringing them as much as you can doing surroundings, uh, saying the weather, how many people are there joking with a guy before the game and he said this and this, and then get back to the action. Just yeah. I mean, Euker, Euker's really good at that. He'll be telling the story, but yet doing play by play at the same time, you know, he'll, 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 he'll joke around a lot. Yep. Um, and of course, it depends on if I have a, a color guy, um, because you can kind of banter with them too, and make it uh, a little more interesting, and lean on them uh, to say stuff that you may not have seen. Or while you're writing down the score or what happened, they can be talking. So doing doing a game solo is a little more difficult, depending on which sports. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, j- just just bringing people to the action, I get a thrill out of that too. And, and then ha- and having people tell me, man, you know, like like the, the softball run that Kakana's on. Um, just absolutely great. It, 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 there's a lot of people, I mean, they got to work because right. a lot of the games are during the daytime and, uh, you know, we'll say, well, I was at the factory. We had the game on. <laughs> well, that's really cool. <laughs> Makes that's me funny. a little, a little more nervous. I get nervous. A- even after 30 years of doing this, I still do get, get, I texted my girlfriend right before I started this and said, why am I so nervous? And she said, because you always are. Do it, and, <laughs> and you know what you're going to do fine. Just do it. So I still get nervous. So every time I flip on a microphone,
2: it's it amazes me how you and people who announce games can can do that. The good people can bring like you're right inside the court, you're right inside the field, and to be able to do that is is a skill I definitely do not have. I mean, but it amazes me. And the question is then, how did you develop that? I mean, is this something that you practice and you, or is it just, did it kind of come natural to you? It,
1: it definitely takes practice over time. Do, doing the real thing really helps. Um, but also, I guess I haven't done it on, well, I'll still do it just watching a game, just just sit there and, and <laughs> kind of act like I'm, I'm I'm doing it. But I did that all the time before I actually started doing just play-by-play full-time. Um, and of course, I mean, my first recoll- One of my first recollections of doing it actually was uh, for real was on the country station that I talked about that I got my start at. I also worked there uh, while I was at college. It was about an hour away, so I'd go back and forth. But doing a high school basketball game one time, one of my first ones, um, <laughs> was they put me on – it was Bar Reeve High School. I still remember it, the Vikings. Um, and it was in Amish country in southern Indiana, and I'm not kidding you, the entire starting five and some of the bench, all the last name, I think it was NEP. It was either NEP or Graber, and the entire starting five, <laughs> I'm being thrown into this. I'm like, uh, NEP to, to NEP, bounce pass underneath the NEP, and he scores. <laughs> so I mean, sometimes just being thrown into a, a situation like that, um, and then you just kind of – it just – To me personally, it just kind of comes to me. Biggest part about my job, though, is not actually doing what I just talked about. They're doing the the, the games themselves. They're not easy, but the preparation. Like this Friday, for instance, I have uh, Kimberly and Nina in level three of the football, and I'm already starting my prep for that. And sure. I'm shooting out in, uh, emails to to the coaches to see what time I can get them to record pregame interviews. Okay. You know, looking at all the stats, getting my little score sheet ready, um, talking with whoever I'm going to be doing the game with. Because football, we always have somebody with us. Um, but the preparation for an event, what no matter what sport, I've done. Geez, I've called what seven or eight different different sports for state championships from wow. girls hockey boys hockey uh it's kind of softball baseball boys basketball girls basketball um i did volleyball state volleyball a time or two uh, for a couple different radio stations um so I, i've done so many but whatever it is it's the preparation for it sure and i don't always use this it, no matter what you're doing whether it's a talk show or uh, doing a game or whatever, if you have stuff that you didn't say, it's like, man, you know, I didn't didn't use that, but that means you were prepped, and that that, that that's a good thing that you didn't get yeah. to everything, and you don't run out of things to say and start sounding like a bumbling <laughs> idiot or, or don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. So preparation for the games really, really is a key to to, to this profession.
2: So, what is when you talk about sports? What is your favorite sport? to Mm.
1: to do um over the years probably i really like doing softball there's something about softball um the pace of it Uh, softball and baseball are 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 very fun but being from southern indiana basketball is is my first love and uh maybe it's because there's so many games so many more games and um I just, I enjoy getting out and, and being there in the pace, the tempo. Um, some some games can last uh, a long time, but uh, most games, you know, around about, round about how, how long they're going to last and stuff right. like that. Um, so probably softball, though, for some reason. Um, most difficult so far, hockey, um, volleyball <laughs> was, was, was was a tough one. But the tougher ones are the more fun ones because you're learning so much and because the action is so it's, I mean, I'm constantly looking, I mean, every 30 seconds, there's new people out there on the ice and you're trying to to follow all the action, uh, and, and do the scoring. A lot of, a lot of times even at at football, especially because of the crowd, you know, around a tackle, you tell who might have the football, but as far as who's making the tackle and stuff, might have to wait for the, the PA guy to help out a lot of times. Um, but I love love doing love doing softball and baseball and uh, I love doing them all. So it's it's <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh, the the old saying trying to to pick out a, a favorite kid because doing this really is. I mean it's 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 another kid of mine, so to speak.
2: <laughs> my both both my boys play hockey. I don't know how you announce hockey. That is play by play for hockey's got to be tough. I mean they're talking 30, 45-second shifts coming mm-hmm. on and off the ice and all the ha- hits the action. You know, that's gotta be tough. <laughs> it, it,
1: it is. It's been a couple years since I've, since I've done uh, a hockey game, but, uh, <laughs> and I remember the first time I was asked to do it and I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. I lived in Minnesota. I can do hockey. <laughs> Never doing a hockey game before, <laughs> oh <my laughs> but gosh. but I wanted that challenge and I wanted to do it and uh, didn't want to let anybody down, of course, also. And yeah. so uh, did it. And uh, at the end of it, it's like, whew. <laughs> at the end of it, it's like, good it's over but at the end of it you also smile real bit because just did it
0: and that that i, I want to do it again
2: yeah that's awesome joey now mm-hmm.
1: that
0: uh, lacrosse is a WIAA sport i think uh, you need to add that to your resume
1: hmm no that would do that would uh that would involve a lot of research and, and a lot of uh <laughs> youtube watching nowadays now at least you got that you, you can just punch in something and listen to, yeah. to how the broadcasters are calling getting get, getting the lingo getting the rules um i would be totally up for that i've never that's one sport i've never done is is lacrosse i would love to do that, that, that that'd be fun
0: there is some uh, there's some good high school lacrosse in, in in the area right 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 in the backyard hmm well it's all about sponsorship
1: nowadays so we can get some sponsors oh, exactly so dial us <laughs> yeah. up man. I would, I would
0: love to try that that'd be great yeah the, the world definitely revolves around the sponsors don't they there's a state champion in northeastern wisconsin every year and in, in almost every single sport it's incredible the talent that's up here and, and, and you're calling those games with excitement great production i mean it's a real service i think to the community one and it's It's a much-needed niche, I think. That's one
1: of the funner, if that's a word. Well, it is now. I like it. That's one of the funner things to to do also is uh, watching these these kids at at the high school level and then also uh, doing the timber Rattlers, watching the opponents that come in as well and watching their rise and watching television – um i'm sure there, there's a couple guys playing in the world series that that have come through appleton and that i have announced i mean i've announced mvps that have gone through mike trout somehow someway was at the single a level um joey Votto, another mvp that uh, that have gotten to announce the 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 opponents and then just watch their rise and uh i mean a guy like like Tyrese Halliburton, who was just at Oshkosh not too long yeah. ago, here he is now. <laughs> he just signed that big old deal in the off I'm Like, right? It was just a couple of years ago, I was announcing him on the radio here, and now there he is, just watching them rise. The talent here in Northeast Wisconsin—that's a great point. I mean, it's just—it is—it's awesome in every single sport. We are represented really well. I think there might have been a year. It was recently where, and it was weird to not have someone at state. I forget which sport it was, but it's like, okay, uh, season is officially over here for, for Northeast Wisconsin. That's very, very rare. So it, it's really neat to, to, to do what I do in this location. I'm extremely blessed and, uh, and I love every second of it.
2: So how long have you been doing uh play-by-play for the Timber Rattlers?
1: Yeah. Um, well i would love to do play-by-play i'm okay yeah it's okay i'm just i'm just the pa guy guy, yeah um they they chris does a great job on the radio uh for for them doing play-by-play but um just doing the pa my first year was 2005 so yeah do do the do the math there uh there was one year where um I didn't do all the games, but, okay. uh, and, and, I still don't do every single game, but, uh, yeah, for, for a majority of every single year since 2005. Wow. Um, and yeah, when I got that gig I'm like, wow, it's pretty cool. And it was, it was a friend of mine at the radio station that, that saw the ad that they needed somebody. And, okay. um, that's another thing too, in this business, make, make connection, make connections and don't burn any bridges. And, uh, you know. Because everybody knows everybody, and one thing led to another. They gave me a tryout, and uh, off and running. And that's pr- well, yeah. I get I get asked about the the Tim Brothers probably most often than, than anything else that uh, people will know me from from being that voice and sure. Um, say they were at games and stuff. Well, oh, come on and say hi. Well, you looked a little busy and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, <laughs> did you have fun? And start asking yeah. them about their experiences, uh, whether it be that or at any sporting event. Just, just talking with people and how much they love getting out about and watching what goes on here in Northeast Wisconsin. It, it's it's spectacular.
0: What is a tryout like for a PA announcer? What was that process?
1: The owner Rob and one other person Nikki. Uh, they were. Sitting in the stands, so empty stands, and they had me come in and do starting lineups, and so got through the starting lineups and then acted like I was announcing, you know, the batters that were coming up, and so then I got a call back after that to come in and do an actual game um, because it was near the start of the season, and so after the first game or two, they they – offered me the gig. And uh, so it was was a little nerve wracking. And um, I I know there were other people that tried out and to to get that, I mean, truly is an honor and uh, to represent that organization and, and the community. Um, But it was, it was, it was, it was interesting. Let's put it that way. So that
0: booth that you're in, I mean, you're, you're a conductor. It's, I mean, that, that's a pretty, that's going to be somewhat of an intense night. Isn't it being, you know it's for the just being the the, the night of being the pa announcer that that whole production for you has got to be that's got to be pretty wild right um take us through a night of i that
1: well um because it's not just me i mean i'm i'm just the guy you know i'm just the announcer just the announcer i do help out doing some of the other things but we've got Several camera people, uh, guys and girls that that come in just as game day operations. I'm one of the game day operations people. Um, But there's two or three full timers that are in there that run. uh, Well, school board and everything's in a different booth. We run. So there's me, there's the sound guy. Anytime you hear a, a sound effect or the, the walk-up songs and stuff like that, there's somebody there. Sometimes I'll help out doing that if we're shorthanded. Um, there's someone who runs the big video board that'll uh, be there too. Uh, run either the funny videos or the the commercials in between innings that that's where the real stuff happens is in between innings because either i'm calling something that's on the field or i'm throwing it down to somebody who has a microphone doing something in the crowd um so we'd line up everything what we're going to be doing in between innings so we all meet beforehand make sure everybody is cool and where they're going what spot they're going to have for for those guys uh then there's uh because everything is on on video stream now or on television so we have a director who's looking at a television with all the camera shots and and calling out what camera we're going to use you know that ready camera one take camera one and he's looking at every, he or she is looking at everything uh we have a uh the slow if we're showing a slow motion replay uh, all the replay that's done off to the side a little bit so at, at any given point we've got you know six, seven, eight people that are in the booth at the same time at a a Timber Adler's game. And then another four or five people out and about doing cameras and and the promotional crew with the with the microphones and stuff. So it it really is. It's quite a production. It's not just, you know, showing up and doing the thing, whether it's doing PA or doing play-by-play for a local event it some people think i just just show up and turn on the microphone that that <laughs> is not the case the the job is it's fun um it, but it is challenging it, it is not an easy thing to do whether bpa or being on the radio whether it's a, a, a regular radio shift or doing play-by-play or color commentary you don't just show up that that's for sure that goes back to the preparation yeah. part. Yeah. Um, on game days out at, uh, at the, uh, at the stadium for baseball. It's, it is, it is quite a production and, and that's just us. I mean, there's a ton of other people that, that work out there. Um, right. I mean, as you know, and been to games and stuff like that, there's from the concessions to the, the, the ticket takers to the ushers to, I mean, there's so many people involved in a game day thing and we're, we're there for the community and the fans. Um, Baseball games kind of just like oh well, yeah, there
0: is a game going on, isn't there? We <laughs> talked a, a few weeks back to Charlie, the executive chef out at the ballpark, and and uh, he, he walked oh, yeah. us through, through the food and and it's it's really interesting what what you know you, you walking us through the, through the PA and, and that video production side, the the the, the mm-hmm. pronunciation of names. I mean, baseball names are like no other. How do you how do you get how do you how do you not screw that up? <laughs> you know, I mean, how, how do you? What's your cheat code for it? How how are you? Are you practicing? Obviously, PA is
1: a little easier because uh, you'll get there and see the lineups first of all, um, and make sure those are the main people that you want to get right. Is is the starters, um, and you'll talk with. Uh, for me, for, for the timber others, usually I'll go into the visiting radio booth and, uh, you know, chit chat with them about their job and stuff like that, but get, get the pronunciations, uh, and, you know, talk about how their season's gone and everything, but that doesn't really matter as far as the PA part of it. And, and, but pronunciations are huge. Um, and as far as baseball goes, then it's, it's the same for a whole series, so that makes it a little bit easier. But first game of a series, I always get there <clears throat> even earlier to, to do stuff like that and, and get to know the other team just a little bit better. But, um, it, but especially some, some of the tough ones. And trust me, you'll, you, you get to know when you do say a name wrong, especially at a, <laughs> at a, at a, at a local high school event. You'll, you'll, have, uh, you'll have parents that will come up who are listening there. Uh, or friends and family if the if the parents don't want to actually do it themselves. But y- y- you'll know. And I have even had some <laughs> – we even had a, a parent or two call uh, when I'm doing a Timber Adlers game for an opposing team uh, who will be watching on on the video stream. And uh, the next day I'll, 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 I'll hear about it. I'm like, well, that's what I was told. <laughs> and So I can only go by what I'm told. But uh, when there is difficult names. I will specifically, and when I go down and, and talk with, with the officials and everything, that's another fun part too, Mr. Joe, <laughs> is talking with uh, with the officials beforehand too and making sure I'm saying their names right too. And then I always make sure that I say, I only want to be saying your name one time, okay? But how do you say it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to say it right. But when I'm doing that, it, it's phonetically, there's another big word for me, yeah. phonetically. Um, I'll, I'll write it how I am going to say it. And they'll they'll watch me writing it down and say, no, it's uh, R-O-E. I'm like, no, I want to put it how it's said. Yeah. <laughs> is it Schrader is it Schroeder? And yeah. I'll put S-H-R-A-Y if it's Schrader or S-H-R-O-W if it's Schroeder. That's just one, uh, one example. But writing it down phonetically and um, we had a tough one. When I still don't know if I was saying it right last week for for uh, for Steven's point against Kimberly that the starting quarterback because you're saying it the most of anybody and uh, so I wanted to say it right. If you don't know how to say one, you just kind of say it real quick. <laughs> or if you you don't know what happened, just just, just say it real quick and say it kind of like it sounds. Uh, most people listening or watching will know, but if if you
0: don't know right away, just say it real yeah. quick.
1: You said it right. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the venues and some of the stadiums and you know, especially in the Fox Valley, they're just incredible. The buzz. I mean, you you do PA, you mentioned them at Nasha once in a while. I mean, Calder Field is one of the greatest high school fields there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I love officiating games on Friday nights, just simply being in the stadium and, and just feeling that buzz. It, it's just yeah. infectious.
1: The the atmosphere is, is awesome. I mean, you, you hear the band, you smell the food. Um, depending on the weather, I guess sometimes it can be uh, a little chilly. Sometimes it can be a little wet. Sometimes thunder and lightning—you got to stop a game, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and ASHA. The, everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, the venues are 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 and there's new ones popping up all the time. Nina's got a brand yeah. new one this year that is state of the state of the art. Um, they'll, they'll, I like, would be surprised if they're not a, a neutral site type of place for, for next week, um, for, for level four, but the, the venues, they, they, it, it's very special. We're, 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 uh, man, we're spoiled as far as, as far as that aspect of it, the, the venues go, but Friday nights here, it, it, it's just
2: awesome. Absolutely. I I would expect that doing a, a Friday night game in a, city like Menasha, the whole town comes out. I mean, it's a smaller mm-hmm. city here tucked into the Fox Valley, but that's got to be – it's a huge stadium. That's got to just be a blast. Yeah.
1: Just, the excitement's
2: got to be incredible.
1: And we, we had a renovation here uh, a couple of years ago that, yeah. uh, that that turned it into the turf that it is now in the stadium. To, uh, this year they got a, a new press box uh, on the other side. That that was much needed for many years, especially this time of year when, when they're getting more and more Media attention, and mm-hmm. in the past, is like, where we go. Well, we can, we can put a little table up outside here for you, <laughs> <laughs> really. But now they, they have that uh, new one on the other side. Uh, but they, I mean, you're right. The, every everybody comes out, and right. they, they, they're they're lined on the outside of 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 the fence to to catch a glimpse of it too, if they're not actually in the stadium itself and uh and 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 they travel well too i mean even the opposing mm-hmm. teams come from yep. you know especially this time of year miles and miles around to to come and support their team and they're they're there game after game um depending on what else is going on of course and the weather does have something to do with that too but it the the response from all the communities here uh it, it, it's so
0: much fun to um to, to get out and, and be a part of it. I love that at Calder, you mentioned that the, there's always fans on the sidewalk. Isn't there in that northeast East end zone um, mm-hmm. on lawn chairs, watching through the fence? Yeah. Yep. they
1: will pull up in their cars. And uh, if I'm doing it on the radio, you know, that they'll you know, flip on the radio and listen or just open up their windows and kind of be a part of the action there or get out and watch it for a little yeah. while. And and uh, bring bring their blankets and and lawn chairs like you said, and and, and just watch. They and they can't see the scoreboard from one of the sides, and uh, so that makes your job even a little bit more important to, to actually say what's going on on the field, whether you're doing PA or or doing the radio part of it. Because there's some some people that are even there that don't know what's going right. on, and so you, you, again, that, yeah, you, you got to be you got to be the guy that that is that's Telling them what is going on.
0: And that's that, that's definitely a rush. I, I'd be curious on, on, on your take on this. I've, I've had conversations it's um, through this football season with, with officials. And, and Cash and I have talked about it. Maybe we've talked to just some other people interested in high school sports. And does it seem to you like – just like the level of play is down and, and a lot of people seem to attribute to COVID that the seniors are now that the, the kids that have gone through, through COVID, you know, maybe, maybe some kids have dropped out of sports. I mean, what's your assessment of just the overall play of, of, and maybe I'm just hyper-focused on football a little bit this time of year. I haven't seen all the sports obviously play out, but it, I, my assessment, it feels like, like just the overall play is just not what it, what it once was. It's still good, but just feels like it's a notch down. And, and and I don't know, I'd be curious on your take.
1: No matter what school you're at, I mean, you're going to go through cycles as far as the talent. And, uh, you know, let's face a coaching staff. And I mean, that, that changes often too. And it depends on the philosophies that the, the the coaches themselves and some kids, I mean, let's face it, some kids just, just, I mean, they, they want to play. But if they're not playing for so long or whatever, they, they, they may not want to play such and such um, but if you get them going early that's that that that's a big thing too and, and that that's what I love hearing whenever I talk about the co- uh, coaches of the successful schools they always talk about well you know start them as, as young as you can you know football obviously you can't start as young but get them going get that interest going build up the camaraderie get get, get a love for the game this this year though yeah I, I guess now that you that you say it, it it may not seem like it on paper um and sometimes even on the field but there's still that love for it but talent wise maybe not as many guys and girls going on to the next level this year there, there still are some but uh that's a good point now that you pointed it out it, it's not as it has been in recent i don't know how much would be due to covid though that, that that's a really good point that that's uh that's something to think about
0: you know one one sport that, that we didn't cover and I, I don't know it real well but i know you have a passion oh, sure. for it and that's nascar mm-hmm. you is that something you you developed growing up i mean that, that's it, nascar country it, kind of it's, down in it's definitely racing Indiana. country
1: be it uh indycar i remember my first indycar experience uh, was 1982 yeah. uh I was uh, six and a half back then, and, and uh, my dad took me to the Indy 500 for the first time. And uh, uh, I think that's where I first started. My, my love for racing was was 80s IndyCar was, was really something. NASCAR, uh, a little bit further on in my life, uh, but I've done... Uh, NASCAR shows and stuff like that, and I, I I still follow it every even the the littler ones that the Truck Series and the the Xfinity Series that the little bit lower levels I'll still stop and watch watch uh, parts of a race on a on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon. Um, my guy, I'm a Denny Hamlin. Oh, well started out as a Jeff Burton fan, and then he retired, so I had to pick somebody else. And uh, again, just picking someone and following it. Uh, and I picked Denny Hamlin and he just missed out this past weekend. Oh, that, that was a bit depressing watching our race and just knowing, Oh, he's got to just get a couple more points. He missed out on making the, the championship four as they call it. now, um, they t- it, it's so tough to follow though, because all the, all the changes that they make every single year, be it the car or the rules or the points or whatever. NASCAR is it's, it's kind of more difficult to racing in general. It's kind of harder Mm -hmm. to follow, but once you get into it once you actually go to a race and start following somebody um, like this past Sunday, I had my computer set up and I subscribed to where you can listen to the scanner of any of the drivers. So you can listen to a specific driver you know, if a wreck happens or whatever, flip it over to that number and listen to what they're saying and the crews and stuff like that. So that really kind of brings you to the action as well. And then all of a sudden you see it on TV uh, or if you're at the actual event going to going to a race, no matter what, uh, no matter what level, even around here, we get some really good racing out of uh, W.I.R., Um yeah. In any kind of racing, just the the thrill of actually being there. It's it's not just turning left, people. It's not. <laughs> There's a lot more. It it is. And me, I remember me and Sparks got into this, um, in the early days of Shane Sparks on uh, whenever I did have the the Daily Show, and uh, he just absolutely hated NASCAR at the time. And um, I we got into it because I, when you really think about it, it is. It, Arguably, is the most team sport when you think about it. I mean, there's people working on these cars, be it the lug nuts. I mean, they build these cars from scratch. There's people. Yeah. If they're this much off, you get penalized, or it could mean the difference in winning and losing. Or and and, and it's not just going left. I hate. I don't hate, but it, it just like <laughs> people who think it's just driving fast and going left. Yes, there are some tracks. That's what you do. But there's so many people involved in making, no matter what it is, whether it's a local level or uh, at NASCAR or IndyCar or whatever in racing, that make it happen actually on the day of the event, just leading up to it. I know you can say that about about uh, every sport, but man, I tell you about racing. When it comes to, to having an, a vehicle out there, it's got to be perfect on, on the day of an event. And there's a, it, it really is a team sport when you really think about it. Um, but it's so fun to watch, whether it's on, on television or especially in person. I love racing.
0: I have such great memories Mm. of the Indianapolis 500 back in probably the seventies and eighties on the radio for, for whatever reason that must've been the day that we went to visit. My grandpa was an hour and a half away. And I remember that in the car listening to the greatest spectacle in racing. And I don't know who the guy was, but talk about some of the all-time great announcing just that event. And, and whoever that announcing team was, you were at the Indianapolis 500. Uh, It was incredible.
1: Yes, they they go, to, they go to the commercial break every time uh, still to this day. You're listening to the Indi- to the greatest spectacle race and you, that's the cue for the people back in the studio that hit the, the commercial is the greatest spectacle in racing and part of that is the, the race itself this past year was just oh my goodness and, and I was there for, for this one. I go when I can still and uh, it, it went into to overtime and the, the pass on the final. Lap in overtime, and it happened right in front of, of where we were sitting, and the place is going nuts. And we're talking two hundred thousand people at this event, just going and seeing the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, whether it be for the Brickyard or for uh, for the Indy Five Hundred or whatever event that they have there. This place is it is a spectacle. They are absolutely right, and the. One of the biggest thrills to this date for me in sports, one of, one of the neatest things to see, if they do it right, if all the cars do it right, and there's been some starts to the race that have uh, been a little screwed up. They've even had to restart them. Lining these cars up, three wide, 11 deep, because there's always 33 cars that start the Indianapolis 500. They start of the Indy 500. They go screaming down that front straightaway at over 200 miles an hour all of these cars side by side inches apart and they got to get into that turn one. You can't go three wide into that first turn. So everybody is jockeying for position. And that first lap of the Indy 500 is to to me, one of the, the best things, especially in person, but even on television. And if the drivers do it right, it is, it is the greatest spectacle in racing and on the radio side of it. Yeah. They bring you right to it. And, Every corner they got people, they got people down in the pits that' I mean, if there's any kind of pit stop or whatever, uh, people behind the scenes doing the, the feature stories on on the guys and the ladies that, that race. Um, radio broadcast of, of any race. At, at whatever level is it i can't imagine that, that 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 is a. I would love to to be a, a racing announcer that, that would take that would take a lot of and i've tried it myself going to a track with just a little tape recorder and try, it it's tough <laughs> yeah, but they make it sound so easy radio broadcasting uh it, during a race man it's
0: it's got to be really really tough but a lot of fun too they make it sound so much fun Oh, they really do. They, they are just they're so so good. Those guys and, and I've found too the, the golf announcers like in, in the serious sure. golf channel or whatever, those guys are equally as good too, where they I mean you have so much air that you have to fill and so much mm-hmm. just time to, to fill. But but they just do it effortlessly and it's like we say, if if you can put the listener in 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 that venue in yeah. that race yeah. man, you're and, doing and your on the job. golf
1: side of thing. And uh, it's it, – and being a, a former – well, with the experience of being a, a camera guy too on, on site, being a camera guy at a golf – because you, <laughs> whoever follows that ball, man, I can't imagine how much they get paid. They got to – and how much experience you have to have oh. to be able to ride off the tee, boom, you got to be – your camera's got to be right there. And – Uh, Again, going back to any sport, I guess, when you think about it, the the people behind the scenes, the the camera people that actually bring it to you as well. Um, Not just the the, in front of the mic people, but the the production side of things for any sport. But golf, yeah, that – that's another sport I've never announced that, uh, that I'm, I'm sure that I could because and they, they don't always just whisper like that but I'm sure <laughs> that's part of it. that'd be fun too because a lot of them walk around and they're they're I mean they're right there they're right in on the action that's that's part of the thrill of being a, a broadcaster yeah. too is, I mean, you're there especially during the exciting parts of sporting there, there's sometimes where you do you got to find ways to fill but the exciting parts and, and knowing when to Get excited yourself and knowing when to hush and and just let what's happening happen and then come in and say, because I've had that several times too. Uh, last second shot a couple of years ago uh, for Oshkosh Lords um, to win the state championship in basketball. And I remember just, just calling it and then hushing for. Uh, About 15 seconds and letting the because you could tell what was going on and then describe what's going on. But being in the heat of the moment like that and then the filler time. (laughs) So it's (laughs) it is a challenge, but it is so much.
0: fun. Yeah. Do you have a preference in, I know Eric kind of asked a similar question uh, on your favorite sport, but do you like, I mean, do you like doing the morning radio? Uh, do you, do you like doing play by play? Do you like doing the PA? I mean, I know you like doing it all, maybe in a perfect world. That is the perfect, just yeah. mix it all together. But do you have, do you have a preference on, on, on what you really, really get jacked that up is, to do more than that, the, that
1: is a, the other? That is a very fun part about what I do in my particular situation is I do get it. A little bit of everything um and some are a little easier uh, i know i've said that it's it's not easy but the pa is a little easier because you don't have to do as much of the uh the research and, and the prep but play by play for me that that is definitely my my love um but man it, it that that that's a tough choice but i would say play by play in there and the, the prep for it and then the actual events, um, and being able to, to, because like I said, a P is awesome, but there's only so much that, that you can put into it as far as personally, like you can, mm-hmm. for, for example, the Tim Rathers, I'll, 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 put more emphasis, more excitement into when we're up to that and in between innings during the, the stuff that goes on. And then when the other team comes up, just kind of say their names, um, Just say now, that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, that's so. Um, Yeah. But when you're play by play, just putting your fully into it, and you can. Yeah. uh, And depending on what level, uh, it's not easy. Not the bias part of it, uh, because you got to be as unbiased as, as you can. But there's also times when there's. Sorry, Joe, when there's a call or two that uh, maybe an umpire ref or somebody, uh, you got to kind of say something without actually saying something. So that can get kind of tough. (laughs)
0: And ref screwed us again.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what you want to say. You want to drop a few more things, but
0: uh, (laughs) go ahead and say it. (laughs) You got
1: to be as unbiased as you can. But then you get to a a level where, like uh, next week, if we're just following. Um, uh, one of the local teams that are playing somebody that, that's far away you you can be a little bit more biased and that makes it uh, a little more fun but the, the biased aspect of it the, yeah they got to kind of watch yourself not kind of you got to watch yourself because you'll definitely get critiqued and you'll hear about it too if you <laughs> if you uh if you say something that uh is a little bit too overly uh into it, but uh yeah. <laughs> it is it's something else to try and hold yourself back sometimes. You're mm-hmm. human after all, right? Exactly. Filled with emotion. Yeah. And, and you have yeah. to be. I mean a sport. It's it's emotional one way or another. Uh,
2: yeah thanks so much for sharing your story <laughs> totally appreciate yeah.
0: it yeah well thanks for having me man you
1: first asked
2: like me like wait man. a minute me
0: <laughs> you're always intriguing and interesting it's it's really awesome to just get to know you what what you like what you where you came from
1: i, I honestly i really feel honored to to be able to be here and uh share
0: my story and we appreciate it i mean it, it, honestly it's it, it's an honor for us because it's uh I've I, no lie. I've listened to you we'll since see. day one. So it's, uh, I mean, Jim Caston, I, Jim was a good buddy of mine. He was a big,
1: big influence around here for, for me. I learned a lot from uh from jim uh when i went to games down to madison he would show me you know okay you gotta go here you gotta do this here's who you're gonna be talking to making the it, make sure you, you get a good relationship with this person this person do this and this jim taught me a lot and uh yeah it, it, not just him i mean i've worked with i've been very fortunate to work with some some very influential and very i've learned a lot from people along the way and you have to and uh it, yeah, i've been very
0: fortunate Well, folks, it's Red Smith Banquet throwback time, where we go back and take a look at who has graced our presence at the Red Smith Banquet through the years. And Tash, this year, this this episode, we're going to go back to 2011 and a name that we're all familiar with, I think, uh, Mr. Greg Gumble.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, the Gumble name has been in, whether it's announcing on uh, TV shows or sports announcing with Greg, uh, it's, it's when you hear gumble you you know what you're talking about you yeah. know who you're talking about
0: absolutely his brother bryant of course he was uh i mean he's still around as well he was a morning show host for a long time and and greg yeah. now you currently catch him on on cbs sports basketball but we've caught a lot of years where he did football and just one of those great classic play by play voices that uh, we've all we all love and and can't imagine life without him really
2: yeah, you know what's what's interesting. He actually was the first African American announcer to call play by play of a major sports championship in the United States when he did the Super Bowl um, for CBS in two thousand one. Oh, very nice. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: That that's excellent. And we're cutting edge. We had Leslie Visser the other uh, couple of episodes ago, right, Tash? She was the first um, uh, woman broadcaster in in, in right. basketball. So we, uh, yeah, we we have them all here at the Red Smith Banquet.
2: Yeah, now he's uh kind of concentrating on college basketball where you can find him on CBS doing college basketball. Actually his contract was just renewed in March of this year. Nice. So uh tune in over the winter and you're going to hear Greg Gumble on CBS for sure.
0: Absolutely. In the meantime, sit back, enjoy, go back to the Paper Valley Hotel on a January night in 2011. <laughs>
1: Red Smith Sports Awards, Banquet Throwback.
3: The Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin,
1: and also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited.
0: Let's give a Red Smith welcome. Please welcome Greg Gumbel.
3: Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm so glad Jeff talked about flying, as I flew into town this afternoon, arrived at Appleton International Airport. (laughs) Hey! It was a nice flight and my luggage arrived with me. I'm a happy camper. Uh, anybody who flies a lot will tell you that, that things can happen and and they do. I, um, I board my flight in Detroit, coming up here. The guy sitting across the aisle from me looks at me and he says, Bryant Gumbel. (laughs) And I said, no. And he said, yeah. (laughs) And I said, no. And he said, yeah. And I said, no. And he says, you want to (laughs) bet? looked at him, I said, what? He said, I'll bet you $100, you're Brian Gumbel. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to cash his check or not. (laughs) And then there was this time I was doing an NCAA tournament game in Tucson, Arizona. And my partner, Digger Phelps and I, and this was back in the early 90s. And Digger Phelps and I are doing the game and we're out on the floor and we're rehearsing the opening to the show. And about 15 rows up, there's a guy yelling, Brian! Hey! Brian! I ignored him. And he keeps yelling, Hey! Brian! Finally, our producer says, Okay, guys, take five. We're going to check some things here in the truck. Everybody takes a break. I take a walk up the steps. And I walk up to this guy, and this guy says, hey, Brian, I am a really big fan of yours. <laughs> and I said, is that right? <laughs> and he says, absolutely. He says, I watch you all the time. And I said, all the time? He goes, I never miss a show. I said, you watch the Today Show in the morning with the, the, uh, the interviews with the politicians and the economists and the newsmakers of the day. He goes, yeah, 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 I catch all that stuff. I said, well then, maybe you can tell me what the hell I'm doing in Tucson, doing a college basketball game, wearing a jacket with a patch that says CBS Sports. And he hesitated, but only for a second, he goes, you know, I was going to ask you about that. (laughs) So I'm very patient sometimes. And I explained to him that I'm Greg, that Bryant's my brother, and Bryant hadn't done sports for about 18, 19 years. And, uh, and that I'm the one that went, was at ESPN and, and uh, Madison Square Garden Network. I give him the short history, he never interrupts. He never says a word. When I finish, we shake hands. I tell him to enjoy the game. I start to walk down the steps and he yells after me, say hi to Willard for us. <laughs> And I can think of no more appropriate a story to begin with than the football game that I was covering at Soldier Field in Chicago between the Bears and the Green Bay Packers. A tight defensive struggle as games between two old rivals usually are. Goes right down to the final minutes of the game, one team fumbles deep in enemy territory, the other recovers, takes it in, only points of the day. I talked with the guy who recovered the fumble after the game. A defensive tackle, big number 79 from Chuck Berry State University or someplace like that. Here's what he said. He said, in a case like that, you got to keep your confidence, play your game. Most important, you got to stay flexual and give yourself a chance to win. I spent three days in the library looking for flexual. I couldn't find it. Not so long ago, during one of those horrible seasons the Detroit Lions had been having, the press was questioning one member of the team about the troubles, about the losing streak, about what the problem might be. He said, we need a coach with an imaginary mind. (laughs) I'm a big music fan. I am a big rock fan. I am a true child of the 60s. You ask anyone who knows me, and they will tell you, I am the biggest fan of the Rolling Stones that you will ever see in your entire life. The things that I have managed to do in my career pale next to the fact that I got to meet them. I got to know them. I get to go backstage when they tour. I get to go to the parties. I get great seats at concerts. Keith Richards has been my hero for forever. I love the Rolling Stones. I was talking about music with a bunch of football players one day and I happened to mention I'm a big Stones fan. This one guy says, yeah, me too, Fred and Wilma and Barney. When Stanley Shakespeare was playing wide receiver for the University of Miami football team, he told a crowd gathered around his locker one day, to be or not to be, I definitely is. (laughs) Now, baseball players are often their own little world, too, sometimes. I don't know why that is. They just are. One guy was standing in the outfield before a game one day, and a teammate walked by. And he said, hey, what time is it? The other guy said, you mean now? <laughs> Remember kind of a strange guy he used to pitch for the Detroit Tigers by the name of Mark Fidrich? The bird, yeah. Talked to the baseball out on the mound. Mark and a teammate show up at the ballpark one day and just as they're about to walk through the gates, Mark snaps his fingers. He said, I have to go back to the hotel. I forgot my razor. His teammate says, use my Norelco. Mark says, no thanks, I'll take a cab. (laughs) One baseball team was crossing over the Canadian border one day to play against the Toronto Blue Jays. At Customs, a customs official asked one of the pitchers if he had anything to declare. The pitcher said, yes, I am damn proud to be an American. (laughs) Johnny Logan, the former shortstop for the Milwaukee Braves, was one of the great ones. He was great when he stepped onto the field to play the game. He was great when he was talking with the press after the game. This is Johnny Logan. Rome wasn't born in a day. (laughs) He once received an award and then told the assembled crowd, I will perish this trophy forever. (laughs) And when Johnny Logan was asked to name the greatest baseball player of all time, he said, I'd have to go with the immoral Babe Ruth. (laughs) And then there was a former manager, Danny Ozark, whose team was in a horrible downward spiral, a terrible losing streak, and he was asked about the team morale, and he said, at this point, morality isn't a factor. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) you may sit there and laugh at this stuff and think that it's all very funny, but you've never known embarrassment until you've been in a restaurant with an athlete who ordered a giraffe of wine. (laughs) I I will never deny the fact that I've been very fortunate in a career that began in 1973 at at WMAQ in Chicago, where I spent seven and a half years and then came the five and a half years at ESPN, um, Madison Square Garden Network in New York for three, uh, CBS Sports for five, NBC Sports for four, and then back to CBS Sports in 98. Let's forget for the moment the fact that I obviously can't hold a job. This is just a list of some of the people I have been privileged, not just to have gotten to know, but to have worked with. Jim Cott, and Bobby Mercer, and Joe Morgan, and Steve Garvey, and Joe Montana, and Phil Simms, and Dan Deardorf and Terry Bradshaw, and Dan Marino, and Chris Collinsworth, and Mike Ditka, and Joe Gibbs, and Boomer Esiason, and Kenny Stabler, and Quinn Buckner, and Clark Kellogg, and Greg Anthony, and Dean Smith, and Walt Frazier, and Bill Walton, and Magic Johnson. Some I got to know better than others, of course, and some stories will stay with me forever. When I worked in Chicago, not only did I get to know the great Chicago Bears running back, Walter Payton, we became great friends, and we were friends for, for more than 20 years. Nine times a Pro Bowl running back, Mike Ditka, once said of Walter, he was the greatest football player I've ever seen but he was an even greater person and that he was. When I left Chicago to join ESPN, I'd return often because I still have family there and I wasn't allowed to stay in a hotel. I stayed with Walter and Connie in their home and Walter was a fun-loving devilish prankster, joker, troublemaker. Someone gave him a brand new Lamborghini and one day he took me for a ride on the Illinois toll road. And at one point I leaned over to take a peek at the speedometer and we are going about 125 miles an hour. And I didn't want to appear to be the wimp that I am. So I said to Walter, aren't you concerned about the cops? And he never took his eyes off the road. He just shook his head and said, no, they don't have anything this fast. <laughs> Sports takes a beating sometimes. And sometimes it's deserved and sometimes it isn't. But I wouldn't trade my job for any other And as a result, it makes me a very appreciative person. I have been and continue to be one of the fortunate people who get to do what I do because I love it so much. But I hope that you guys will stop along the way as I often do to appreciate the other things around us in life and frankly, the people in our lives. In the last year and a half, I've lost an ex-roommate, a couple of fraternity brothers from school, and the guy who hit cleanup behind me on our college baseball team. I lost my coach and I lost the younger brother, of a teammate who was like a little brother to me. I lost my dad 38 years ago and I lost my mom last summer. We all lose people in our lives and we think about them a lot and hopefully we all appreciate those we still have with us. I know I do and I tell them I love them every time I talk with them. I'm very thankful for them, and I'm very thankful to have been asked to be here today. I wish you all the very best. Thanks. All right,
2: everybody, Newscast listeners, here we go. This is our forgotten and never forgettin'. Say it right, right out of the yeah. gate, we're gonna be do awesome today. You did, Tash. Joe, so Kudos. yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna look at something that we want to forget and something that we don't, essentially. So, Joe, what's your uh, forgotten for this week?
0: Well, Tosh, thank God I'm forgetting this because I had one heck of a Friday night. I tell you that dog farts. Oh, I tell <laughs> you what, I happen to be off this weekend, Tash, and that means I got to spend a little time with my Basset Hound Hazel and. I think we ate just a little bit too much on Thursday because something must have been upset with her because, holy cow, is there anything, anything in this world that <laughs> smells worse than a dog silent fart?
2: Yeah. And then when they look at you, look around, and they're like, I can't believe you just did that. Oh,
0: I had tears running totally down my face. On you. Yes, exactly. I have nobody to blame <laughs> it on. So it's... Uh... <laughs> But holy cow, uh, Hazel, um, I was sitting outside for a little bit and no fault of my own. So I am soon to forget that until the next bomb goes off.
2: <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> How about
0: you, Tash? What are you forgetting?
2: Well, I'm going to go a little deep. I have been sitting and you know teaching and even looking at uh, you know youth playing sports. And one of the big things is that I want to forget this idea that the journey is not important that it's instant gratification where the journey is more important really than the outcome sometimes. And it's the things that you learn as you're going through there. And I just, in our society right now, I think it's all about instant gratification It is, and we, we don't look at the entire journey. And uh, I just, I want to get back to that, you know, try to teach these, these young, young kids in my classes or, You know, I'm not coaching really anymore, but I still talk to these kids and explain how important the practice and the journey up to the game or, you know, what you're going to do in your career and things like that, how important that journey really truly is in the long run. Tosh, I could not agree with you anymore. Uh, We always, before we took the field,
0: before every football game, we always put our hands in the middle and, and our saying was enjoy the journey because it is, it is all about the journey. I think about the, the NUSAcast, what you and I are just doing with this. I absolutely love the journey. It's all about the journey. It's not about anything else. It's just about It's about doing it, taking it in, and enjoying it. And you're right. We we look for instant gratification all the time, and it's, it's not the same. Yeah.
2: Whether it's phones and the snap that comes up on your phone right away and the kids have to look at it. Ooh, what was that? Yes. Yeah, it's put them away. Enjoy what's going on around you. Think about what you're doing and enjoy the journey to where you're going.
0: Yeah that, that's a terrific one Tash and a lesson that we we all should think about I I, I certainly need to be reminded of that as as well. I love that Tash <laughs> what uh, well that's something to yeah we're, we're certainly forgetting that but uh, what is something that Tash you're never gonna forget?
2: Well I got uh Ethan's birthday is coming up on the fifth so um you know we are, Melissa's brought not that I, not that my parents and family didn't make a big deal about birthdays, but they make a big deal about birthdays. It's all the family getting together. It's having birthday dinners and uh, putting up the birthday sign. So we do a lot of that around here. And that's, that's something, you know, I don't want to forget, you know, it's, it's, you know, my kids are, you know, 18 and 14, soon to be 15. And, uh, I don't want to forget the, the birthdays that we've had and hopefully they, that we, uh, keep this journey going and, we keep continuing to have the birthday sign out for everybody and uh, enjoying time with each other. Absolutely, Tash. We're enjoying the journey, right? Yep, there you go. It all comes around. That's
0: right. That That's forget- <laughs> forgotten, right? It just comes around and around. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Well, Tash, I was excited. I was going to go with the fact that I finally figured out how to carry a loaf of bread on my bike without squishing it back from the grocery store, but I'm not going <laughs> to go with that one. That's That might be a little boring, but... I do want to do one shout out and it it got me to think that i'm really i'm not going to forget this because it makes me happy and it 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 actually makes me excited and i'm talking about actually the newscast very first fan and and somebody that i work with i want to shout out keith i want to put him in the i'm never forgetting segment keith burgess he is uh and and tosh you met him i I think he's our newscast very first fan and he always gives me really good constructive feedback on, on what we're doing, because like we say, we're, we're not actually professionals at this. Um, I know that's shocking to most people, but shout out to Keith that I'm, I'm never forgetting that uh, he's a fan of the NoosaCast.
2: Fantastic. That's awesome. We, we like fans. <laughs> yeah, we
0: do. <laughs> well, that's I'm never forgetting. And I already forgot the saying, Tosh, it's forgotten and I'm never forgetting. For gosh sakes, I can never get it right.
2: No worries. No worries at all. <laughs> thank you for listening to
0: another great episode of the NoosaCast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd hit up our social pages, subscribe, like, follow, and don't be afraid to engage. Head over to our YouTube channel to get exclusive content like the full interviews and speeches from past Red Smith banquets. Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thank you to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Help us grow by subscribing wherever you get your pods or sharing the NoosaCast. Follow us on Facebook, X tiktok or instagram one of the best ways to help us grow is to leave a five-star review on apple podcasts or spotify northeastern wisconsin sports advancement is a 501c3 organization our mission is to raise money provide support and bring greater awareness for youth sports organizations in northeast wisconsin We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays Grant, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes.